so a question that I'll get a lot, especially from people who like to watch Million Dollar Listing, is they'll say, oh, you know, I saw on this episode that the market really isn't as hot as it was and it's going to slow down. That seems to be a theory that a lot of people have because it's never been this good. Everybody's kind of lived through the housing crisis in 2009 and they feel like what goes up must come down at some point. And in some parts of the country, you are seeing that. In Boston, it's different. And I wanted to talk about why. The, it's basically, it's a classic supply and demand scenario. There's much more of a demand for housing than there is inventory or, uh, you know, condos for people to live in. So you think you've been seeing a lot of new construction now. That's only going to continue. Uh, you know what? The market reports have indicated, and you know, I've posted this on my social media a lot, is that even in 2009, the downtown Boston housing market was really not that terribly affected. It took about a month while cash buyers sat on the sidelines and saw how things were going to unfold and then got back into the game. So there's you know, really no indication that anything like that is going to happen again. It's different for a lot of reasons. And also Boston just has a very healthy, robust housing market. So the indications are that the prices are only going to go up as people continue to want to live here. Potentially there's the Amazon second headquarters. There's definitely going to be a development of Suffolk Downs regardless of what happens with that. There's new companies, pharmaceutical companies, tech companies every day moving to Boston because there's obviously it's a college town. There's always that influx of people who, you know, are qualified to work there. There's a lot of reasons that being in Boston is desirable from an employment standpoint. And the trends just indicate that prices are only going to go up. And the city is working very hard to meet that demand. So what does that look like? Well, like I said, development projects popping up, it seems, day by day. Uh, the new one that's kind of caught everybody's eye is the, in the seaport. Whiskey Priest has closed down. Uh, you know, local favorite pub, a lot of people, you know, are upset about that. And it's going to become uh, residences at the St. Regis. So it's going to be a hotel uh, and also have residences. And it's going to be right on the water. It's going to be the latest and greatest, very beautiful, very state-of-the-art uh, amenities, second to none. All the other development projects, they're not going to be quite like that, but they're going to be unique and wonderful in their own ways. The city has been, there's an article in the Boston Globe about this, the city's been very mindful about when they grow and meet this demand that everybody affected is being considered, that the people responsible for the project are being thoughtful about how they're going to include minority workers and women and make the process inclusive for all from start to finish in every facet of the process. And also what's weighing heavily on their minds when they consider who to award these projects to is what these developers are going to do about the risk for 
residents who live there or neighbors of the area who might be displaced by those projects. So those are some of the trends that are happening in this city. All to say, it leads to a situation that you see kind of more and more, which is that when there is a great place for sale in the city, there's a lot of competition for it and you see bidding wars happen. So I've had people come to me and say, you know, I've really never seen it like this. What, what do you make of these bidding wars? And I'd say it's, you know, again, it's really just the supply and demand dynamic. There's, if there's an affordable, or I mean, I don't know, I guess affordable is a relative term in this city, but a condo that appeals to all kinds of buyers, whether it's a first time home buyer, it's an investor, uh, or, you know, runs the gamut where anybody theoretically is going to be interested in it and could afford it, then there's going to be a lot of competition for it and that's going to drive up the price. So what you see often in the city is that a place is, uh, you know, the, the listing comes out on a, you know, a Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday and the seller will say there's going to be no showings until the open house and they'll have the open house typically on a Sunday and then you'll go to this open house on Sunday and it's a feeding frenzy there's so many people there and you don't know who's kind of just browsing or who's going to make an offer and it feels very overwhelming and the seller will also say that all offers are due on Monday at 12 or Monday at 5 so you know when you're there you really have to make a decision and a lot goes into being prepared to make that decision immediately. And that's something that I can cover on another podcast. But what I want to talk about today is the dynamic of multiple people bidding for a certain condo and how to play that. So if you have a good buyer's agent, they're going to find out as much as they can prior to that deadline about the offers that are anticipated to come in. Typically, most buyers don't want to show their hand until they absolutely have to. So the listing agent will probably have a good idea of what they can expect to come in, but they usually won't have it until that deadline. But again, if you have a good buyer's agent, they can kind of glean information about how many offers are expected to come in and whether they'll be at list price. And again, if you're a buyer and you have a good agent, they'll be doing a comparative market analysis of what's on the market or under agreement or sold in that area to get a realistic sense of what the accepted offer will probably come in at. Often when you have these situations where there is sort of a bidding war, the origin of that too also kind of starts with the place being priced to sell. The seller obviously understands that this is a great time for the market and uh, the demand is high and that they're in a good position. So when they price their unit at a competitive price, they're hoping that exactly this scenario will come to pass. Let's say that they're going to you know, list their, pl let's say that uh, they expect they'll sell their place at $750,000. It's not uncommon that they would list it at seven and then create that buzz where they have multiple offers. And then again, if you have a good buyer's agent, they're going to kind of sniff out that this place is going to go way above asking.
So, you know, you as the buyer, if that's the, if that's what the, the comps show and that's what your agent is advising you, then that's, you know, that's sound advice and something to consider. Usually what happens at this deadline scenario is that the seller will review all the offers and nine times out of 10, they'll go back to either everybody who's made an offer or kind of the most competitive offer, uh, you know, buyers making these offers and ask for best and final. So at this point, you're, you know, again, if you have a good buyer's agent, they should be able to find out. And, you know, usually sellers kind of keep this information close to the vest, but they should be able to get as much information as possible about where the other offers stand. And depending on what you're comfortable with as a buyer, uh, you know, how much you will have to increase your offer to be accepted. So in those situations, you know, you should have that number kind of ahead of time, what you feel comfortable approaching. But also, there's no guarantee that they're going to go, they're going to come back with best and final. So it's really important to have a strong offer right away. It, it might not be your absolute best, but it should be pretty close to it because when they do come back for a best and final, you want to be involved in that conversation. So you want to have a strong offer right away. And if you're comfortable with it, you want to be prepared to make it even stronger, but of course understand that other buyers are doing the same thing too. So I think it's really just about setting those expectations about trying to get information, you know, ahead of time about what this place will realistically sell for, uh, about being open to and receptive from the council, from your agent, working with an agent so that they can get this information. And I can't stress that enough that it, how important it is to work with an agent because they're, uh, the information that they have access to is so much more extensive than what you could be able to find on your own. You might be able to find properties that have recently sold on Zillow, but Zillow is notorious for having inaccurate information of all kinds. I, as I say, it's the Wikipedia real estate websites. So you'll have things that are just flat out inaccurate anywhere from that to outright scams. So when you get information from your buyer's agent, you know, with a comparative market analysis of what properties are listed and have sold for in your area, you know that it's 100% accurate and vetted by the um, ethical standards of real estate professionals in that area. So in short, winning a bidding war, it's about setting those expectations about knowing that it's probably going to go over asking about knowing what you're comfortable with and wanting to be in a position where you have a strong offer right away because uh, you know you'll probably have an opportunity to come back with a best and final but you also may not so it's it's just having those um those factors in mind ahead of time before you enter into this situation it can seem overwhelming but if you have a good agent working for you it doesn't have to be and you'll be in a position to win so 
Uh, thank you for listening. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Alexandra Salmon Realty, on Twitter at, at Alex Salmon RE, um, on Facebook at Alexandra Salmon Realty, um, Snapchat A 1411. Uh, that was my, it was my old screen name, a little throwback there. And uh, you can listen to the podcast, new episodes every Thursday. I'll be back. We've got some great guests lined up. And again, thank you for your support. Mm-hmm.